0: Man, we're so past One Direction. Is One Direction? Yeah. Do people even talk about One Direction anymore? No, I feel like I that think, was an old reference I mean, for me to make. <laughs> it is old,
1: but they're not. You know, they're not dead. either.
0: <laughs> you can't prove that, but <laughs> <laughs> can I? It's uh, you can. Okay, you can prove that some of them are not dead. I would say. How many of them are there? Are there four or five? Five. So I know Zayn is one of them. Yeah. The other kid from D- Dunkirk oh is another God. one. What's his name?
1: He's literally the most famous. Yes. One harry styles
0: harry there we go okay yes yes i know that now i know that it is that makes i'm actually embarrassed that i didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> but then the other ones yeah they could have disappeared into no, like. no they're
1: all they all have very active careers one of them is a I judge on the x true. factor
0: a judge on the x factor
1: i think he's a judge i, know I don't even think
0: that's still a real show X-Factor, though somehow. okay fine yeah. you can prove they're alive i guess Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy it. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Feeling It, where we just talk to each other and you may or may not be along for the ride. This week we talk about Eighth Grade, Bo Burnham's writing and directing debut. This is a film that we have been extremely excited to talk to you guys about, and I promise we will get to it in a little bit. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves and share what is your most cringeworthy memory of Eighth Grade.
1: I'm Sandra Amstutz, I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And while I'm sure there are worse things that happened, the most distinct memory I have was I was in 8th grade but for some reason my class was eating lunch in the high school cafeteria. I don't know if we were visiting the high school for some event and my dad was the assistant principal at the high school at the time. And I'm sitting in the cafeteria and I see my dad from a distance like walking down a hallway. And for some reason, even though I see my dad every single day, I decide I needed to run to go see him and say hi to him. And <laughs> in, in doing so, I tripped and face planted in front of the entire high school cafeteria as this, like, overexcited eighth grader that was excited to say hi to her own dad. Um And wow. so just that f- tripping and falling. There's a lot of bad memories of me running. Once my mom told me very specifically I shouldn't run in public, because <laughs> it's just not a great thing to look at. And so, totally. um, but that's one that stands out.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in Chicago. And my most cringeworthy eighth grade memory is I wet my pants during soccer practice oh, in eighth Lucas. grade. Um, because I thought I would have enough time to get to the bathroom. And it's on a soccer field. So, so like, bathrooms are very, very far away. Yeah. And we were playing outside of the school and the school was locked and turns out there was no bathroom so I just wet my pants and then just poured a bucket of water over myself <laughs> <to hide laughs> it. oh it was terrible
1: Lucas <laughs> I didn't wet my pants in 8th grade but I did fe- many other grades and so I'm, I'm <laughs> there with you
0: <laughs> oh man all that to say 8th grade I think has many many cringeworthy memories and I am very excited to talk about this movie yeah. <laughs> Uh, but before we get into that, every week we like to talk about something that we're that we've either discovered or rediscovered throughout um, throughout the week. So, Sandra, what are you feeling this week?
1: This week, I am feeling a new cover released by Troye Sivan. Um, Troy Sivan via the Spotify Sessions uh, released a cover of "Better Now," originally per- written and performed by Post Malone. Um, I never heard this song before. I never heard the Post Malone version. To be honest, I don't care about Post Malone in any version of reality. Um, <laughs> but I do care a lot about Troy Sivan. And so when he released this song, I gave it a listen and I'm obsessed with it. I'm listening. I've been listening to it on repeat for the past two days or so, um, Literally just driving to and from work, that's the only thing that's going to be playing on my car radio. When I'm walking along the hallways at work, um, it's playing on a loop. I'm really feeling it. Um, I don't have much else to say other than it's rad. And I think it's cool when um, there's a cover that you love so much that the original version doesn't even make sense to you as a song. You know, it's like, why, <laughs> how could it ever exist like this when it exists like this, you know? Right. Um, I'd love to play a clip from it just so that y'all can hear what I've been vibing to for the past few days. You probably think that you are better now You only say it cause I'm not around You know I never meant to let you down Let you down,
0: Yeah, I think songs like this, um, like it, covers are a hard line, or are a hard line to walk because you can either end up sounding almost like derivative of the thing that you are, I guess, p- par not parroting, um, covering. Yeah, covering, or you end up sounding as if you know you're trying to. I've heard covers where it sounds like oh you're taking this song that is is really well done and just trying to make it your own in a way that doesn't really hold up to the original. But yeah. in a in a case like this where I feel like I I've heard the Post Malone original, I don't love it i have no connection to it at all yeah um and then I, something like this where you really really feel like this is the song this yeah. is the song that that, that is um that it, it transcends the first one the original
1: i went and listened to the original because i was like well i've got to hear what it sounded like and i was like it's fine you know i don't think it's a bad song but i also would never listen to it on repeat or be attracted to it um and yet this choice of version um I don't know, the vibe of it sometimes when I I think it's more I remember it to be a, more upbeat than it actually is. Troye yeah. Sivan does a really good job at making like music that you think is like upbeat and dancey, but it's actually very like chill and vibey and he blends like those two worlds together in a great way. Um and it's it's perfect. It's about like feeling bitter but also feeling in love at the same time. Things that are like ever-present and so um I, I i'm i'm feeling it
0: that's awesome well this week i am feeling um something that i definitely should have watched before now this is <laughs> way late in coming but paddington 2 finally i have watched it <laughs> i'm so um, glad paddington 1 is was one of my favorite movies um of i think what 2014 whenever that movie came out it was a long time ago i didn't end up watching watching it until much later this is directed by paul king um who also did the first one these movies are just i can't talk about the second one without also talking about the first one these movies are lovely very british movies just about what it's like to be nice to people this is exactly how you do a kid's movie and it truly is a kid's movie for kids um but the it does such a great job of integrating the adults in this in this film and making sure that there is stuff for adults as well Um, so I have no kids. I'm not around any kids very often, but I (laughs) watched this movie, just me and my wife. And it is fantastic. Um, after last week's discussion of a very English scandal, this reunites, uh,
1: ben Whishaw, and <laughs> yeah
0: and now I'm just, why why am i forgetting all these yeah hugh grant, ben Wishaw yeah. and hugh grant um and this is hugh grant's best role. i gotta say like he gets to do everything i think i've ever wanted to see him do in this film it is incredible um he's the best villain of all time there is nothing nothing wrong with this movie in any way shape or form if you haven't seen paddington one or two i highly encourage you to do so at your nearest convenience
1: Yeah, I watched these both this year, and man, was I delighted. Um, I just wasn't fully prepared going into these movies for what a stunning, like, visual masterpiece these are. Um, Like, if you like Wes Anderson, if you like a feast for the eyes on your screen, um, or just beautiful, like, home decor and, like, color and costume design... These are the movies that you have to, like, watch as soon as possible. Um, I want to share a fun memory, Lucas, of Lizzie and I watching them. Lizzie is my roommate. We, um, I told her, like, I heard this Paddington mo- 2 movie is so good, so I guess we should watch this first one and then watch two. And we watched the first one. I fell completely in love. Um, and then the next night we watched the second. And um, there's a scene in the second where Paddington is making, like, a really large batch of orange marmalade because a consistent thing with his character is that he eats orange marmalade sandwiches. And at that moment, both of us were like, Man, that sounds really good. And then also at that moment, I realized that forever ago, I had had a friend given me... A friend gave me a tiny little bottle of orange marmalade. And so... We paused the movie and we whipped up a, a batch of homemade biscuits and we made orange marmalade sandwiches. And oh my continued gosh. continued the movie <laughs> eating the orange marmalade sandwiches. And that is fantastic. It was just like such a great way to experience that movie. Um, Ugh. It's so delightful. And I tear up during both of them. Um, Hugh Grant is an incredible villain. Um, I also really want to give a shout-out to, in the first Paddington movie, Nicole Kidman. I think is mm-hmm.
0: also, fabulous also excellent as a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These movies are super inventive and very festive. Like, I, I highly think if you watch it, you will show it to everybody you've ever known. Yeah. It, they're yeah. incredible.
1: And I mean, and Sally Hawkins is, like, just <sighs> extra delightful in these movies.
0: Yep. It's true. It's true. Can't say enough good things about Paddington. Nope. <laughs> all right um let's go on let's move on to our newest section that we've added in um in or out all right kicking it off um last thursday chance released um four singles um Mostly about Chicago, per use. Um, Have you heard him? How do you feel about him, in or out?
1: Here is where I lose any cool card I might have had. <laughs> I don't care about Chance the Rapper. I just don't care about him at all. I don't listen to him. I don't really... He's just, like, not a part of my musical diet. So I haven't listened to these.
0: This has been the final episode of Feeling It. <laughs> we will never do this again. Yeah. Sandra has been excommunicated. Yeah. So. Um, no, I. <laughs> all right, I will talk about it. Yeah, I like. I, I, I do like Chance. I don't think I'm as. Um, I don't know as, as worshipful as as a lot of people <laughs> are about him, but I do I do love some of his music. And
1: by a lot of people, do you mean our dear friend Lawson?
0: Oh, mostly Lawson for sure, but <laughs> yeah. I also feel like it's there's there's a certain sect of people that is very much like Chance is their life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked these si- singles. I don't think they're as good as um, some of his other stuff. Um, Is one of those things that I like. I'll run it through twice. I did that, and now I'm done. If something else comes out that I like better, uh, I'll definitely listen to it. But um, yeah, these singles weren't anything I think exciting to me at all. Yeah. Of course, Lawson will be disappointed when he hears this. But (laughs) sure. Yeah. Uh, To be clear,
1: I'm not anti Chance. Like yes. I I just don't care. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, moving on. Ant-Man and the Wasp, this came out last week. We didn't talk about it. Are you in or out on it?
1: <laughs> I'm in. I had a fun time watching it. Um, I'm in on Paul Rudd, man. Like
0: Paul I'm Rudd's just, good. I'm very you can't in go on go wrong Paul, with Paul, Rudd. Paul Rudd.
1: And he's having fun in this movie. I had a fun time with it. I'm very in on Michael Pena and everything he does in this movie. Um, I think Michael Pena needs a lot more work in the Marvel universe because he's so delightful. For um, sure, I'm in on the ending. Um, I had a good time with it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I thought it was great, fun, inessential light viewing. Um, it doesn't have any of the gravitas of a lot of the Marvel movies. Um, it reminded me a lot of the original Ant, original Ant Man that came out like four years ago. Um, yeah, the other Ant Man. <laughs> uh, the f- what is it? It's this is a sequel to a the pre Ant Man. The first Ant Man. First Ant Man just sounds like it was like many, many ago, but. <laughs> It reminds me of The Last Ant-Man, which is the first Ant-Man, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's good. I loved, yeah, I loved my Peña, I loved Paul Rudd. Everything that you said is correct. It just, it was a movie, and it happened. Yeah. Cool. Next, Mary Queen of Scots, the newest trailer, or the first trailer released. This is the probably pretty prestige movie that will be coming out this fall, um, starring Margot Robbie and Saoirse Ronan, two Oscar nominees from last year, facing off as Mary Queen of Scots and Queen Anne. How do you queen feel about this? Elizabeth. No, sorry, Queen Elizabeth, correct, the first.
1: Oh, I schooled Lucas.
0: You did? British, oh, British royalty. You, <laughs> you named the correct queen and I did not? Yeah. I am so embarrassed.
1: <laughs> um, I'm very in on this movie. Um, I'm I'm, in on almost anything Saoirse Ronan does and then also um, Margot Robbie I, I adore. So, like, the two of them together playing british royalty is like mwah, chef's kiss mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm
0: in i think this is for sure one of the most prestige movies that i'm excited about like the definitely oscar bait movies yeah um it's directed by a theater actor i mean a theater director who she hasn't done any movies before this is her first film um but she's done a lot of british theater stuff so i'm really excited to see what she brings to it yeah. um Obviously, yeah, like you said, I'm in on everything Saoirse does. I'm in on everything Margot Robbie does. I watched The Terminal this year, which might be the worst film of the year. Um, and uh, But Margo was in it, so I watched it, and I highly regret it. Um, <laughs> but Mary Queen of Scots, 100% in. So pumped for this.
1: Yeah. I'm also excited to see, um, there's some interesting male actors in it. None that I can remember their names, but enough that like when I Googled the movie, I was like, oh, hmm, this guy's in it. So that's also fun. Um, yeah,
0: they didn't uh, show really anybody other than those two in the trailer. They yeah. really kept it on <laughs> yeah. on the two, I do know two that leads. Joe
1: Alwyn, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, is in this movie, and I'm I'm excited for the for the reason that he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. I did
0: not know that she had a, another boyfriend or yeah. that he was an actor. Yeah. Um, the people I'm excited about in this movie are Guy Pierce. Um, and David Tennant those two are
1: yes that's who that was one of them
0: top dogs in my book so I cannot wait to see how that goes down
1: one of the reasons I'm also excited about Joe Allen is that he's playing the man that was Queen Elizabeth's rumored like long time like love of her life that she never married but like always considered marrying and I think that's like a kind of a interesting role and then it's also rumored that she tried to get Mary to marry this guy um, and so that I mean I don't know that seems like really ripe for good storytelling so oh yeah I always for always love, sure. love triangle so, so <laughs> we'll see how much that actually shows up in the movie but I'm looking forward to it
0: awesome next um, the on the basis of sex trailer came out this is the biopic of Ruth Bader Ginsburg the first nope. she's the first nope. no Nope, she is just a hey. random old U.S. Supreme Court justice. <laughs> she's just not a the really first of anything. <laughs> old, old Supreme Court. Yeah, justice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. In my head, watching this trailer, I was like, "Yeah, this is the story of the first. And they're like, "No, she's not the first at all. No,pe. <laughs> um, that would be ridiculous." Um, <laughs> uh. This stars Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, Army Hammer as her husband, also Justin throws in there somewhere. I think Kathy Bates. How do you feel about this? Um.
1: I feel sort of middle about this because I saw the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary. Um, I think she's a fascinating U.S. figure. Um, The documentary was really good. And so seeing the trailer after seeing the documentary, um, I feel like, oh, they're missing so much of the story. But, of course, it's just a trailer. So, like, maybe they aren't missing the story. The trailer just isn't including everything. Um, Yeah, but the trailer doesn't seem to encompass as much of the story as I've learned from the documentary. Right Um,
0: to me, this feels like a very generic, vanilla, like by the books biopic. Yeah, which is seems like a very weird thing to do right after this critically acclaimed documentary comes out. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not a fan. I'm
1: not out. Um, I love. I really like Felicity Jones. I love Army Hammer. Um. For anyone who's ever seen the documentary or just, like, heard the story of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her husband, her husband is, like, incredibly supportive. Like, way more than any other man would have been in that time. He was also, like, a successful lawyer, and he always, like, deferred the career success and, like, the star power to, like, to his wife and, like, her rising legal career. And... Um, their marriage is just like really fascinating and beautiful. And so I hope that a lot of that shines through in this movie and, um, I'm not out. I get emotional any, with any kind of storytelling about her. Um, so I'm sure I will get emotional during this movie and like it, but it doesn't look as good as I wish it did.
0: Fair. Last but not least... The trailer for Glass, um, Emily Night Shyamalan's new movie, which um, the trailer premiered at Comic-Con this weekend. How do you feel about it? Have you seen it?
1: I have seen it. So I haven't seen any of the other movies leading (laughs) up to this because they look scary and I don't do scary.
0: I will say Unbreakable is not scary. Unbreakable is actually a really, really well done movie. Is Um, this like an
1: action movie?
0: It is not even an action movie. It's more like a drama um, that has some action elements. Um, It's more of like a, I would say more of a thriller. What's Um, the
1: quick premise of Unbreakable?
0: Unbreakable, a man survives a train accident um, and is trying to figure out what that means for the rest of his life. He's the only survivor of a train accident. So he thinks he has some sort of power. He does not. Someone else thinks he has power. Okay. um, And he does not believe it. And so it's basically the whole whole movie you're trying to figure out if he does, if he doesn't.
1: Okay. And then Split is James McAvoy kidnaps a bunch of teenage girls and has a bunch of scary personalities
0: yes that one is scary yeah I watched that one because I felt like I had to it is I think you could do it I think you could watch it yeah um it's more I again I'd say it's more of a thriller than a horror but it is it's really good but it's uh there's some tough spots in there for sure
1: yeah I'm very intrigued by this glass trailer i think sarah paulson in it looks mm-hmm. so good
0: you get um, sarah paulson monologuing in anything and i'm there
1: yeah for sure. so i'm considering now there isn't <laughs> another movie right there's not like a samuel jackson movie before this like he's the this, this is,
0: the is this is the samuel jackson movie okay. yeah
1: yeah 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 I'm, I'm i'm thinking about it i'm not right. i'm not in yet but
0: yeah i wouldn't say watch unbreakable out. Okay. Watch Unbreakable and tell me what you think.
1: Is this a return to form for M. Night Shyamalan? Is this like... Yes. He's back? Yes. He's good?
0: He's back. Um, okay. Well, at least Split was him being back. He also did a horror movie, I think, called Our House? Grandma's House? Something like that with Blumhouse that I obviously didn't see. But apparently was that was his return to form, and then Split was his next big one. That was, again, also good. So Got it. They're saying he's back. Okay all right um that is it for in and out we we have thoroughly covered all the topics on hand let's talk about eighth grade This is the story of a girl experiencing the last few weeks of eighth grade, with her looking back at what she thought middle school would be like and her hopes for high school. This is written and directed by Bo Burnham, who is a first-time writer and director. Um, he is a hilarious comedian, and I was really surprised to hear about this movie when it first came out, or when it when it when I first saw the trailer for it, when I first heard that it was um, that it was happening, and am thoroughly excited. Um, that everybody's going to get to see this movie. This movie is fantastic. Sandra, what'd you think about it?
1: Um, well, like I said in episodes long ago, this is my most anticipated <laughs> movie of the year. Um, so I was very excited. I well actually got to see a, an early screening of it at a film festival in May. So I've been holding on to my excitement about this movie since then. Um, but let me tell you, This sounds like I'm exaggerating. I always worry about coming across as like too eager about things because then I don't want people to get their hopes like way too high. But as of now, this is my favorite movie of the year. Um, I love Big Greed so much and it's really stuck with me in a very special way. And I'm not saying it's for sure my number one because the year is, you know, only halfway (laughs) over, but so far it's been the movie that has affected me the most and that I've found myself thinking of like so fondly.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those movies that it immediately puts you in the space of the character. Just the way it starts, you are introduced and... You don't feel like you're watching somebody. You feel like you're living it alongside of her. So everything that happens in this movie, you feel the same tensions, the same embarrassment, the same excitement that she does. And I can 100% see, like, this is definitely up there for me as well. This this movie was an emotional rollercoaster. Yeah. And it's so well done.
1: Yeah. One of the things... Uh... I've listened to a lot of interviews from Bo Burnham and Elsie Fisher, the lead actress about they're making this movie and their mindset going into it. And, um, Bo Burnham has like stressed that he wanted to make a movie that felt very much like now, which I think he really achieved. Um, he didn't want to make something that felt nostalgic, even though we might relate to those similar feelings of what we were like in eighth grade. And remember that Mm -hmm. awkwardness and that pain, um, this movie does feel like what it's like to be an eighth grader in 2018. And that I think is really hard to achieve because adults are not great at accurately representing the very (laughs) current teenagers, you know? It's
0: very true. Yeah. Um,
1: And so to see it portrayed so well um, is I think quite remarkable. And you were mentioning how like personal of a story this feels. I'm having a hard time remembering if there's ever a scene in this movie that the lead actress isn't in. Like, I think the movie stays with her the entire time.
0: Yeah, you never have a scene without her.
1: Yeah, which is exhausting for her, I'm sure, (laughs) but also makes the story feel truly like you're with her 100% and every moment of anxiety or joy or fear... um, you know you don't, you don't get a, she doesn't get a break from what be, being an eighth grader is like and neither do we throughout the whole film
0: yeah and what you said about it being about now like it being about an eighth grader now um, i think is really important cuz a lot a lot of being a teenager now is about the internet and so this is a movie about the internet <laughs> and um just in a way that i think we didn't completely experience growing up and um she's on snapchat all the time she's constantly on instagram she's like social media is her life in this movie and she gets to um kind of portray herself differently or portray herself how she wants to be um i think it's interesting the character has a youtube account um burnham kind of became famous on youtube as a kid um you know writing little You know comedy songs songs and stuff like that. Yeah, before he started his stand-up career, so that's something that's very I think familiar for him. Um, But seeing you know how kids actually use YouTube, and (laughs) not everyone becomes an internet star, but just like you know her her. I guess, interest in YouTube and, and kind of what YouTube does for for her, as well as just all social media, I think is super interesting and just a really good commentary on, you know, what people want out of life and how you go about kind of pursuing that. It's a really unique way of, of looking at it. As
1: someone who is as invested as social media as I am, um, <laughs> I really, one thing that I've heard Again, I'm going to be talking about Bo Burnham in interviews quite a bit this episode. But one thing that he's mentioned in interviews and that I think you can really appreciate on the screen is that they didn't CGI any of the phone screens or computer screens in this movie. So oftentimes in a movie, you'll have someone like looking through their phone. But in real life, when they're filming, it's just like a green screen or a black screen. And then they put in the images later so that they can customize what's on the screen. And Bo Burnham made sure not to do that. He made sure that everything that the main character, the actress is interacting with on a phone screen was like real Instagram or real Twitter or Tumblr. If she's direct messaging someone on Instagram, there's someone offset, like replying to those messages to her in real time. Um, And he said he really appreciated the, cause when you use your phone, you can and you see someone using a phone using a green screen you can s- tell the difference with like the light on the fingers and the face and it doesn't feel authentic and real and those little touches might not sound like they're that important but when you're making a movie about the way the internet and our devices are weaved into the fabric of our young people's lives, those little touches make the world of difference to me. Um, and I really appreciated that he understood what that authenticity mm-hmm. would look like.
0: Yeah. His – I mean, I think authentic is the perfect word for this movie. Everything yeah. about it is. Um I it's also I have no idea how long this movie is um, or what it's rated. I realized coming out of this because it 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 felt like I mean this could be like a PG thirteen movie or it could be R depending. Like I don't think a lot of I was I was just so engrossed in it. Is it? Yeah.
1: Sadly, it's rated R, (sighs) and I say that because I firmly believe that this movie is a so the main character is thirteen years old, and I firmly believe that this movie is appropriate for 13-year-olds and up. Um, it is rated R, and that's because... Is they it for use, language? They use the F word more than one time, which automatically Ugh. makes something a rated R movie. So if you're yeah. a parent, and you're thinking about taking a teenager to go see this movie, if you have a problem with them hearing the F word more than one time, then that's, like, that's what you have to consider. The other thing that makes it rated R is um, there's a scene where she looks up something um, with sort of a graphic search term on YouTube um, and like sort of a, a sexual graphic search term. Um, and so that also makes it rated R. And so I would say to any parents or adults that are thinking about taking a teenager that, yes, sitting next to a teenager during that scene might be uncomfortable for you, Um However, nothing in this movie that happens to these 13-year-old characters may is more dramatic than anything that's happening to your actual 13-year-old. Yeah. Everything is truly it is a true experience. Um, I work with teenagers. I hear about this kind of these kind of things happening. It's nothing is dramatized. And so If you don't think your child can handle this movie, then you're kind of unaware about what they're going through in their real life because all of this is actually happening. And what I think is so amazing about this movie is that I think both parents and teens can really enjoy it. And I think that it can spark incredibly beneficial healthy conversations afterwards about the things that the main character is going through asking your teen, if they're going through the same thing, talking about how they feel about the things that the main character went through. Um, There's so many topic conversations. Um, that, or conversations topics, I should say, but that I think could be so helpful that a lot of parents don't know how to get started. And I think this movie is a great way to do that. That's not the primary function of this movie. This movie is like a beautiful piece of art (laughs) about feelings and anxiety. Um, But I think that one of the added benefits is the conversations that can come from it.
0: I think all great movies spark great conversation. And that is... 100% 100% what you're going to get out of this movie yeah. <laughs> is a bunch of great conversations. Whether it's with a 13-year-old or whether it's just with other adults. Um, whether it's I think, like a
1: podcast that you started with a good friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like I, I do think, and I think a lot of it for, for me, one of the things that I connected to the most is the dad character. Yeah. I'm not a dad, but one of the things that he kind of goes through is trying to figure out how to relate with his 13-year-old and kind of the struggle that he goes through of not really understanding where she's at and also just having so much love and wanting to connect with her um, and just finding that difficult. Um, And I just think that's such a... I I feel like that's something that is kind of almost parodied in most movies about teenagers of, oh, the dad doesn't understand and, you know, or, you know, the parents are, you know, on the outside of, you know, this child's life. Exactly. And... That's true in this movie he is, but he's also like you also get the love and warmth and the just the emotional connection and the emotional i don't know drive of the of this movie for him is just wanting her to realize how much she's loved and how wonderful she she is and how much she means to him,
1: yeah, the dad scenes, I think were the most emotional scenes for me because um so much of the rest of the movie is. Her dealing with insecurities or awkwardness. And while those are painful to watch, part of me as an adult knows, like, oh, you'll probably grow out of this. You know, like, there's Mm -hmm. better things to come. But the dad scenes, it's like, man, we deal with our emotional issues with our parents for the rest of our lives. You know, like, that's (laughs) – you don't grow out of, like, feeling – um, you know, like you, you don't know if you deserve the love of your parents or you w- desperately need the love of your parents or your parents desperately need your love. Um, that's something that just kind of with you forever. And man, so the scenes were hint of him just being so confused and desperately trying to do the right thing and keep her safe and show her that he loves her were so, so intense. And um, her not knowing how to accept that love, or how to like become a, her own person, and then also like be a person with her dad is was so good. I I cried really hard during some of those scenes, as well as the kind of like college age bro that sat next to me. This is a movie that I think really <laughs> impacts everyone mm-hmm. in the theater.
0: Yeah, it was very interesting to see my screening just. Everybody reacting as a whole, so everybody laughing at, at yeah. once, everybody getting com- uncomfortable, and it got to the point to where like it, you kind of form a relationship with the people around you of just like looking at each other and just being like, "I can't believe this is happening," or totally. "I'm just so nervous." <laughs> like, and and it, it's true. This is one of the first movies that I've like felt comfortable just talking to people during because it's just like uh, it's you have these emotional reactions that it's like, the, and a lot of times there's not a lot of. Um, dialogue going on yeah. in this movie it's a lot of her you know just looking at things and reacting to things especially when you're looking at screens and stuff like that and so you kind of have these moments to just like make connections with the people around you in the, the-, the, the- theater yeah. oh. there's
1: so many moments of like awkward horror um that yeah <laughs> every, you can't help but react very vocally like the whole audience just kind of it was a very Vocal mm-hmm. audience that I was a part of. That when certain things would happen on screen, you'd be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this yep, is happening."
0: Yep. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would highly encourage everyone to watch this with a crowd. Whether whether it is in theaters, which I want everyone to do, but if not, if it if you wait till home release, watch it with a crowd at home. Yeah, because this is this is a movie that you need other people around you. <laughs> and I really with, do think but... that
1: this is a movie that is very benefited from seeing on the big screen because part of what makes this movie like so claustrophobic and like you feel everything so intensely is seeing it so large. And I'm going to quote Bo Burnham once more um, from (laughs) his interviews and talking about this movie. And he talks about how he thinks there's something really important about seeing this movie in a theater because it's us acknowledging that the inner life of a 13 year old girl Is just as important of a story and just as a true expression of human experience as, and he as he quoted, like a male poet working in the woods or Saving Private Ryan or any of these like very like dramatic male stories that we've always you know defaulted to as like big screen experiences that a thirteen year old eighth grade girl experience is just as worthy as those and i think there's something really important about that mindset um that this isn't like a small movie that this is a big movie this is a movie you want to see big mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah couldn't have said it better <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah couldn't have said it better than bo burnham um yep. <laughs> <laughs> he says so many great things um i also just we're talking a lot about the movie in general but i also want to make sure we recognize like how incredible Elsie Fisher, the lead actress, is. Yeah. um, She is like a marvel at how like authentically she's playing a teenager. Because one, she is a real teenager. That's another thing I really appreciate about this film, is that all mm-hmm. of the kids in it are the exact age of the characters they're playing. They didn't have any like glamazon teens to play any of these characters um in fact even like the hot kids you know quote unquote the the kids that are supposed right. to be like the hot cool kids of the grade <laughs> um feel still like awkward 13 year olds like compared to like us as adults like they don't look like And it's these glamorous and it's, pl- it's kind
0: of it's kind of played for laughs because you get you get her perspective of these kids and it's just like she's so enamored with them and yet we see them and we're just like oh my gosh you're just a 13 year old boy you're like Like,
1: a skinny (laughs) like a strange 13 year old boy and like to her he's like yeah hunk the hunk of the world you know yeah (laughs) yeah
0: and I really appreciate that about this movie because I feel like a lot of times like growing up growing up I saw a lot of movies that with like middle schoolers not middle schoolers probably more mostly high schoolers (laughs) um with high schoolers that were played by like 20 year olds and stuff like that and it and it just as a high schooler it made me think that I should be in a different place in my life than I actually was (laughs) and it made me think I should be oh man I am not that high schooler I should be better or I should be whatever and seeing an actual 13 year old playing a 13 year old I think probably means a lot to these kids to be able to see someone who is representing you be actually I mean, <laughs> somewhat even, like you in even these just instances. The simple
1: fact that she has acne. The main character the main actress has acne and it's yeah. yeah. a part of the the movie. Um she was saying in an interview that like she hasn't gotten a lot of work because a lot of teens with acne just don't get cast in things, which is insane because like the most stereotypical idea of a teenager is someone with acne, you know? Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And so just her having acne, I think means it sounds silly, but it means so much to people that do have acne and have, will literally never see themselves on screen because it's always either heavily covered up with makeup or, you know, not casted at all. Um, so yeah, that's uh, those, all those realistic touches mean so much. And then her performance in general was just outstanding. Um, I, I, I really hope that I see her in amazing projects to come because she is. She seems such like such a thoughtful, intelligent actress, and um, I, like I said, she carries the movie. The movie wouldn't succeed or exist without her incredible yeah, performance.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like just watching her there because the the first shot of the movie is like a. Probably like a minute long, minute, maybe, maybe into. two, I don't even know. But it's just one shot of her talking to the camera, um, recording a YouTube video. And you get so much out of that just one shot of her, um, just her emotional performance in that. Yeah. It is so good. And yeah, I, I 100% agree. Like this movie does not exist without her in this role.
1: Yeah. Um, is there, so this movie comes out, I think, nationwide on. Thursday, the 27th, or no, Friday, the 27th. Um, Yeah. So it should be coming out soon. Hopefully it's playing in a theater near you. Um, We're releasing this like right before that. So um, I'm going to strongly suggest that you don't get spoiled before this movie because there are certain scenes that the tension is just right if you don't know what the joke is or what the anxiety is. Um, So Mm -hmm. I would try to encourage people not to be spoiled before going into this. But do you want to talk spoilers, Lucas, for people to listen to maybe after they've seen the movie?
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent. Let's do it. Great. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Now, crack and gas.
1: Spoilers!
0: Remember, you wanted this. Okay, so obviously we have to talk about the car scene. Yeah. But before we talk about the car scene... Can I say the best joke that I have seen in any movie this year <laughs> is the music cue that plays every time she sees that guy. Yeah. I oh. forget his name. I don't know his name either, guy. but the
1: cute boy. Yeah. Yes. The, the yeah. cutest boy of the grade.
0: Yes. It is so funny. Yeah. Every time she lays eyes on him, this music cue starts that just like this bass beat going. And it is so funny because he's usually like doing stuff that I think would normally be I think, I think like if an adult male were doing those things, you'd just be like, I don't, like, this is ridiculous. He's like, he's like jumping in a pool. He's like, what is it? Slicking back his eyebrows or whatever. Yeah. Like stuff like that. <laughs> Chewing With, gum.
1: The thing that's <laughs> it is so funny. It's It plays on so many levels because it is so funny to us as adults because this is like a tiny scrawny boy that, of course, we as adults do not find sexually attractive. But that... <laughs> this girl does so like that's funny but then also it's funny because like that's so real like
0: oh yeah it's 100%. so real to
1: be 13 years old and to see your crush and like every moment you see him like all you can do is stare and it's like so important <laughs> and it feels like nothing else in the world matters except looking at him in this moment and yeah <laughs> it's so true so like It's uh, so smart and so great that those are included in this movie. Um, Oh, yeah. I think, I guess, it's been a few months since I've seen it. So, unfortunately, I can't remember, like, all the jokes as well as I'd like to. Um, The one scene that has stuck with me, though, is the scene where um, she... Her dad catches her with a banana. And he's like, I thought you didn't like bananas. She's like, no, I do. And she tries to eat it and then, like, can't eat it because she hates bananas. Just, like, that gross out, like, how bizarre it is. Like, to come at that from the dad's perspective and see your kid, like, forcefully eat a banana and then, like, throw it up.
0: It's so weird because, again, he comes at it, like, not accusatory. just like, like, "Oh." "Oh, I I didn't know you liked bana- like bananas. I, th- I, I thought pay you hated bananas. To you that's as why- a
1: dad, I care.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> it's such a loving moment. He's like, I didn't know you love bananas. Like, okay, that's you know that that's something new that I right? that I need to know about yeah. you. And oh, uh, it's just so uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: and then it's just like just thinking of him being like, what is happening to my child?
0: Oh, no, <laughs> just the utter like hopelessness that he has of just like I can't do anything right like I haven't because she gets so mad at him and then throws it at him and he's he's just like I don't what do I do what am I supposed to do and I that's what it's just what I kept coming away with is like what do you do with a teenager like like how are you supposed to handle that because he's coming at it with the most love and just he wants so badly for her to love herself and her to her her to know how much he loves her yeah and, like, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Oh, I mean, another scene that... So bef- leading up sort of to the car scene, a scene that was really intense and, like, painful was when she talks to her crush about, mm-hmm. like, nude pictures and blowjobs. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: That hurts so much. <laughs>
1: it hurts so much. Just the idea that, like she's so desperate and so that she resorts to like this conversation topic that she's not prepared for in any way and mm-hmm. that's and it works that that is literally it gets his attention like it does exactly what she wanted it to do and how mm-hmm. real that is that like the like these young girls don't get attention unless it's like for their bodies you know and for like doing sexually explicit things um and yeah, and just how painfully awkward that conversation is to hear these two kids like not mm-hmm. really understand sex but like trying to navigate a conversation about it. Oh, it's so painful to watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That and I think just the tension in that. Like there's so much great tension in this movie. Yeah. But that that tension there as like that conversation's happening, like not not knowing like where it's gonna go. Or like what could come out of that is just so just creepy and really scary yeah. I think I think another scary thing for me was she goes on a high school visit um and she gets matched up with the greatest girl in the world Yeah, like and, I <laughs>
1: and you really feel like this is a win like finally something yes. good is happening for Kayla and like She's gotten like this the nicest, coolest girl.
0: And the whole time, I'm like, this girl's not going to be as cool as she thinks she is. This is not going to work out well. And then she calls her later, and just to like have some questions yeah. about like what is high school going to be like. And the girl's still super nice. I, I the whole time I was just like, this is not going to work out. None of this is going to work out. Right. And it keeps building you up. You're just like, oh wow, she is great. She is great. Yeah. All of this great stuff comes. Happen- she invites her out with her friends, and I was like, this isn't going to work out. To the and mom. it does. Does, and like, she... Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, this is, it's not gonna, it's not good. It's not, and then it, it is. And, and then like they have that weird conversation and the girl stands up for her. Yeah. And I was like, this is like, it just kept building until you get in the car on the way home. Yeah. And that, like, because it built up that much, you have all of this tension of like, is it gonna work out? It's fine. This is great. Yeah. Is it gonna work out? It's fine. It's great. I think that's what ratchets up that tension at the end sure. of, okay, we've had so many good things happen in a row. This, this is going to ruin it. Yeah. And that was terrifying. When the girl gets out of the car, Well, before she gets out of the car and she says, we can drop Kaylee off first. Yeah. I And, and the guy was like, it's fine. You're right here. At that point, I was like, oh, no. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. It's terrifying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole scene, we can talk about the whole scene, but that whole scene is so brilliant at making it clear to the audience who is probably 50% male and hasn't had this experience of the instant terror of being vulnerable in that position of being Uh the vulnerable party, especially like a vulnerable woman in that position and how the whole scene what's so genius about that scene is that nothing, if you were to just like write it out in bullet points Nothing that scary actually happens, you know, like nothing, yeah. you know, yeah he, no one gets like grabbed, no one gets like you know said anything like super violent towards them, you know if if a if someone was recounting this years later and they're like, yeah, you know, this guy got into the back seat and tried to play truth or dare, and then I said I didn't want to eventually, and he was annoyed, you know, like it doesn't seem like that extreme mm-hmm. but obviously it is and it feels extreme and it, it because it is we know what it's leading up to and we know what the potential can be for horror and so that scene does such a good job of keeping it so scary the whole time even though nothing technically that scary is happening
0: yeah yeah and I think that's such a great way to show why she doesn't tell anybody because like if something had happened the whole time you'd be like why didn't you say something like why didn't you tell your dad like blah blah, blah. but like watching what happens you're like there's no way she can say what happened and make it as terrifying and
1: yeah
0: i, I don't know like helpless as it actually was right because like you said if you just go through the bullet points of what happened the guy pulled over the car got in the back seat and said hey you want to play truth or dare and like, like there's you'd be like yeah that was dumb i'm like I'm glad nothing happened, but there's not like you cannot convey the amount of fear that she had. Yeah, in that moment. Yeah. So that's so brilliantly done. That
1: like, imagine how amazing, imagine what a great conversation starter that scene is between parents and kids about what consent looks like. Because technically, he didn't like assault her, but yet we all can tell that like that wasn't good. What happened? Because what's happening there is this power imbalance, and that is just as important to include in your topic, your conversations about consent, as anything. It's not just about asking and getting a yes or no answer. It's also about understanding what the power dynamics are in a situation. And that a junior in high school should not be, like, imposing this on a 13-year-old girl, you know? and Yeah. And... So that's I think there's just so it's such a perfect scene in that way, in that way that she doesn't get assaulted, but she does feel the terror that most women have to go through um, as part of growing up and as part of being an adult and mm-hmm. how the, just the sad, scary truth. of yeah. that.
0: Yeah. I think the hardest part was that she is apologizing the whole time. Yeah. Literally the whole time. Yeah, She's just constantly apologizing. Which She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm...
1: Incredibly Whoa. real. Yeah. like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That scene is amazing. I, I never want to watch it again, and yet I do want to watch it <laughs> yeah. again. And I think it needs to be watched by everybody. It is incredible. Right. But it is so, so, just so emotional. And then she gets home and doesn't tell her dad and can't, like... he he just sits there on the floor with her while she cries.
1: Yeah. The other scene that really like nailed me to the wall was Mm -hmm. the scene where it's her and her dad with a fire. And she kind of just.
0: After she burns her hopes and dreams. She burns
1: her (laughs) hopes and dreams. And she basically just like confesses to him. Like, I don't think I'm a worthwhile or interesting person. Like, I don't think if you had to pick a daughter, like, I don't think you would have picked me. And, I don't think that like people would are interested in my life and or that I live a life worth people being interested in, um, and when he like tells her how wrong she is and how amazing he thinks she is, man, I was I was sobbing like I I just I could not control the emotion mm-hmm. that was like that, that was bringing out yeah. in me. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> he it's. Again, I feel like I keep saying the same thing, but it's just, it's so well done. It's he, he, just the way he says it, the, the kind of the shock in his voice and on his face, as he's saying all of these things of like, how can you think that about yourself? Like, I, I think you are the most amazing person (laughs) in the world. If everyone could see the way I see you like that, that is what I want from life. I want people, I want the world to see you the way that I see you. And that, it's so Uh. good.
1: Is there anything else that i'm trying to think we really need to talk about before we head out
0: yeah i think the only thing that i th- the i just think it's so well written in a way that you get to see different people's relationships with each other without actually having them interact too much like you yeah. know exactly her relationship with the popular girl even though she really only has like two scenes yeah talking to her um and then you like the relate the the popular girl's mom yeah. is so the popular girl's mom, right. like a hundred percent that. There's and just her her interest in the dad. I
1: know. I was just about <laughs> to say that the, that was the such a sly, quick, like blink if you miss it almost moment. Um, yeah, and so good. She just like when she gets to the pool party and it's like, oh, is your dad not coming? And she's like, no, he yeah. just dropped me off. And then at that moment, you realize like, oh, the only reason she was invited is because the mom is interested yep. in the dad like that's the only yep. reason and then you yep. feel for her even more that like not even mm-hmm. the mom was interested in her yeah like it's
0: so so good just you get these like it just builds on top of each other kind of how she where she fits in this world yeah. um and i i love it oh, it's so good okay. this movie is amazing
1: we also need to just go over the horror of Finding out that your dad is spying on you at the mall.
0: Oh.
1: (laughs) Of Um, all of the coolest teens you've ever been with in your whole life. Seeing this, they're being like, "This guy is weirdly staring at us and looking up, and it's your dad. Your dad is the weird guy."
0: I also love that they never find out that it's her dad, right? Like, it's not like that's not a plot point of like now she has to hide this from. It's just she goes and confronts him. They don't have to know. It's just more of like it's it's all about her and her dad, right? But that that terror moment of oh my gosh, that's my dad. That's the person who, (laughs) and his face when he realizes that they see him.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, he's, you just, and you feel for him even more because it's like your 13 year old daughter just got invited to hang out with a bunch of like 17 and 18 year olds. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's terrifying. Like that's rightfully like, you've never met these kids. They're all older. Are they, do they actually care about her or are they just like playing a joke on her? You have no idea. Right. And yeah. And yet also spying on your kid at the mall like, is could be considered, like, the wrong move, like... I don't know. You know.
0: And yet, like, it, yeah, like you said, like, everything is done out of love. Everything yeah. is done from the purest of intentions and just wanting what's best for your I kid. Know. And, like, he doesn't say you can't go. Like, right. he absolutely wants her to have these friends and connect with them. But he's also very curious about, like, is this real? Like, is this something that, that I should be worried about? Yeah. And it kind of is, we find out later. Like, yeah. <laughs> but... Ah, uh, I don't like. I don't think. I don't know. I also don't know how long this movie is, but I don't think there's a wasted scene in here. And thing, I also yeah. don't think. I don't. Also, don't think there's anything missing. Like I, I. There's. It shouldn't be any longer, and it shouldn't be any shorter. Like this is the perfect amount right. of time for this movie. Um, because you, you get you get everything you need to. You find out everything that you need to about these characters, and we didn't even talk about Gabe, the friend yeah, she makes at the Gabe. end. Gabe. Oh. He, he is perfect she meets him at the pool party and they have the best connection which is he's just f- happy to be there yeah <laughs> wants to wants to just hang out with her yeah. he's just like hey want to see me want to see me do a handstand yeah um and she's just not interested at all and it's not even like a i i feel like at the end the date or whatever isn't
1: it's not even a date. It's
0: just... It's not... It, it's just a hangout. Yeah. It's, and it's just like, he's he's nervous because he wants her to like him. Right. And she is finally comfortable enough with herself that she can, I guess, be liked by someone.
1: Yeah. There was... You know, this isn't a fault of the movie, but um, when I was leaving the theater, there was kind of like this really annoying woman that was talking about Gabe and that scene and how like, she's like, you know, I just love that she ended up with that guy and like you got to learn that like the nerdy guys are the nice guys like that's a lesson you need to learn in life and like that's not the lesson that is not (laughs) the lesson people let me tell you (laughs) that is a bad false lesson that we have been you know fed from teen movies throughout high throughout the years that is not true the nerdy guys are not the nice guys um None of them are the nice guys is really the true (laughs) lesson. (laughs) No,
0: it's be comfortable enough with yourself to where you're comfortable having friends and and like actually making connections with people. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. Like I did not feel like that was a date. I didn't feel like that was a, you know, a romantic situation. It was just her finally being in a position to where she... Felt comfortable, I don't know, hanging out with people yeah. that that weren't like what she perceived as, you know, elite godlike people. Right. Because right. <laughs> that's her pursuit the whole time. Yeah. So it was so good. It was so good. It was so good. I, the I, more I talk about it, the better this movie yeah, is. Yeah,
1: I'm planning on seeing it again this coming weekend. I'm very excited. Um, nice. I'm really, I, I know it might be a long shot, but I'm really hoping that this movie gets some Oscar buzz and that it's. <laughs> recognized for how good it is, essentially, you know? Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't know. I would love it if it if it does, but I, I don't think it will. I
1: think of it, you know, I mean it's kind of it reminds me a lot of Ladybird in that and like I don't know that people thought Ladybird was gonna get the Oscar attention it did when it was first released, you know? And I think that this could be this year's Ladybird and that I think it could get a writing nomination because I think the writing is incredibly strong. And I think, I think that this is a real long shot, but not out of the question for Elsie Fisher to get a best actress nomination. Um, I think it's a really special performance. And I think that the Academy does really love like special young girls, like doing mm-hmm. something like extraordinary. I think the, like that's not unheard of for getting recognized. I think um,
0: I think the academy is more interested in young girls that they are sexually attracted
1: I to. I mean, but you, Gabby Sidibe got a best actress nomination for Precious. And, uh, I guess you're like, right. And like Anna Paquin won like a an uh, nomination when she was like I a forgot girl. about that. Yeah. And um that girl who starred in like Whale Rider, I think she got a best actress nomination um when she when those years ago, I'm not saying it's like for sure. I definitely do think it's a lot. I guess job, that's true. Yeah, but I just think that yeah. it's possible.
0: I uh-uh. I could see this going the big sick route where yeah. it gets lots and lots of awards. At other award shows, sure. and then for the Oscars, it gets nominated for, like, screenplay. Yeah,
1: and I would be um, so happy with that.
0: Oh, I'd be pumped. Yeah. I would be so pumped. Yeah. But I think, for, in my head, that's the best it can do, Right, is, is big, big, sick numbers, as far as awards go.
1: I'm just thinking, like, I think Saoirse Ronan is great in Lady Bird, but she got an Academy Award is for, amazing. for nomination for Lady Bird. And I think that this performance in eighth grade is... Pretty spectacular.
0: I think it's based on your past, though, and Saoirse Ronan. This that was her what third, fourth nomination?
1: Sure. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs>
0: Whereas no one's seen this girl before. Yeah. Also, Lady Bird is packed with with stars.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we'll see. I I just have big hopes for this movie. Yeah. Doing well. I yep. mean, it's already doing very well. Um, and it hasn't been released nationwide yet. So um mm-hmm. i just i'm really excited for it um because it means so much to me
0: i wish it the best and everybody should see this movie yes all right i think that wraps it up for us um sandra where can we find you on the internet
1: all of my social media handles are at sandra Amstutz. my last name is spelled a-m-s-t-u-t-z
0: and you can find me everywhere at lucas and stuff um if you want to get at us together we are on instagram not we are not on instagram twitter we are on Twitter at FeelingItPod. You can also send us an email at FeelingItPod at gmail.com. All right. Bye-bye. Adios.
1: Thank you. Goodbye, now. Goodbye.
0: Go away. I'll see you soon, okay?
1: That's it? Go home? Yes. Yeah.
0: Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend.
1: That's it. That's
0: our show for tonight, people.